Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. That's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, Ed? And we are recording this show 20, 30-ish minutes before October 12th, which is a day normally reserved for us to recognize somebody who claimed to have discovered this land. But now it is recognized as a time or a day in which we recognize the people that were already here, much like I have already been here for the last two years winning the football pool that Dan and I have done. I don't think I'm going to make it this year because I have had one of the absolute worst weeks of my life in the, what, 30-ish, 40-ish weeks we've done this. I have had two losing weeks. This was the third one, Dan. Yeah, um, this was a very interesting week. Um, Interesting? No, it was terrible. It was a terrible week. Absolutely horrible. Well, I mean, let's – I very easily could have won – what I could have had two losses. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start on Thursday, on October 5th, on a game that we both got wrong, and we both got very wrong. In fact, this was my survivor. No, it wasn't. It wasn't my survivor pick, but it was almost my survivor pick, which wouldn't have mattered anyway. Anyway, that would be the Chicago Bears, 40. The Washington patheticness, 20. Um, um. We can't mention this game without mentioning the passing of Dick Buckus. Yes, that happened. What? When did that break? Like two hour, an hour or two hours before the game started? Literally an hour before the game. And like in a joking manner, but also not in a joking manner. I said the script just got changed. Chicago wins tonight. And um, well, yep. Chicago did a lot more than win. Um, I mean, Dick Buckus is an NFL legend. Uh, you're more of our historian. So uh, if you want to talk a little bit about him, especially growing up a Packers fan, I'm sure you can give us a little uh, well, bit of insight. It's not just growing up as a Packers fan. I grew up in the state of Illinois, too. So, you know, Bears were always there. But uh, Buckus was more than just a, I, he he was one of the first players. I know there was a guy that played for the Colts for a little while. And I'm, uh, I'm blanking on his name. But uh, he was one of the first football players that transcended himself into Hollywood, really. And um, he was one of my dad's favorite players. My dad hated the Bears, like hated the Bears. But, um, you know, there's always there. One of the great things about being a sports historian, if you will, or a sports uh, somebody who, you know, has nothing but time to think about this stuff is you put together your Mount Rushmore's for various franchises, teams, whatever. Budkiss is unequivocally on the Rushmore of Chicago Bears and is probably the best bear ever. Maybe with the exception of Ditka, and you got to have George Hallis there and, and Walter Payton. But yeah, Dick Budkiss is as, much, as synonymous with the Bears franchise as anybody else. But uh, I'll tell you one thing, if Justin Fields plays the way he did the rest of the season and the rest of his career the way he did on Thursday, Justin Fields may find himself real close to that particular monument because he had himself a day, Danny boy. 
He did. Uh, Justin Fields is looking good, and I do want to – and I'm going to – because you and I argued about Fields all all season, and I was ready to eat crow after week three. Um, But they're getting him moving in the pocket, and I feel like that's where he's most comfortable. It's the same – he's the same type of quarterback as Lamar as far as comfortability. They like to move. They don't like to stand still. He's moving in the pocket, 11 carries, 57 yards, 15 for 29 for 282. Easily could have threw for over 300 if this game wasn't such a blowout. Let's be completely honest here. Um, DJ Moore caught. This is the most ridiculous thing about this game. Justin Fields threw for 282. DJ Moore caught 230 of those yards. Now, on the flip side of that, you take out DJ Moore, and this is a very pedestrian game for Justin Fields. Not to mention 23.1% of his passes. Now, this is advanced analytics coming from Pro Football. 23.1% of his passes were bad. He had six bad throws, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot. You know? I mean, if we're talking about advanced stats, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. I mean, that is compared to Sam Howell, who had seven, but Sam Howell threw for 51 attempts. We also threw for 388 yards, which is insane. You know, it's really weird because you look at this game and honestly, Washington didn't play bad. They only had two turnovers. This Washington defense just really let this offense down with a lot of broken coverage. And there was another thing that, and I know this seems like I'm ragging on Justin Fields a lot. But he threw to six different receivers, no drops. And out of those six different receivers, only three of them had catches. On the other side, Sam Howell had 11 different players with a reception. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of impressive. I'm going to be But still, it, it, if, you, if you take out DJ Moore, 52 yards passing. On, let's see, what what did DJ Moore? He was targeted 10 times, so you take those off the attempts. So, an eight, so he was seven for seven for 19 for 52 yards. Yeah, I mean, but like, it's, it's not, not a I good mean, game. You can't, but you just can't take off DJ Moore. I mean, he's the number one receiver on that team. Uh, you're I mean, right. Like, but a lot of I mean, those that, passes, it wasn't like he was hitting more in stride. There was a lot of run after catch there. I mean, and I'm going to have to go back and find it, and you're going to have to give me a minute. But, yeah, there was th- – I mean, I, listen, I'm – 142 I'm, I'm, of those 230 yards came after the catch. I mean, so that's still almost 50%, over 50% air, right about 50% 88 air yards. yards before the catch. I mean, 88 yards before the catch, 142 after the catch. I, I get what you're saying, but just – I mean, honestly, if you look at it, 88, 30, and 7 were the yards before catch. So you're looking at uh, 125 yards that he threw in the air before his receivers took the ball off and threw it. But it's a moot point. The Bears won, and they won in rather convincing fashion. Uh, You know, Justin Fields had four passing touchdowns. Cairo Santos was perfect, hitting from 43 and 37 and 36 and 22. The Bears look like what the Bears needed to look like, and good on them. This is what they needed to do to just try to keep some kind of semblance to have their season because 
in that north, it's going to be the Lions, and then it's going to be everybody else for those wild card spots. And as long as the Bears can keep pace with the Packers and and the Vikings, they're going to they're by definition by, by process of elimination, they're going to be in the mix. Isn't that crazy to think about? Because in the beginning of the year, you were like, "Yep, this is a Vikings division." And I told you not to sleep on them Lions, but we're going to get into that a little bit later on. But we spent a little bit too much time on this game for my liking. Um, well, let's spend let's... a little bit too much time on the next game. And we're going to go across the pond, which is something Jacksonville didn't need to do because they were already there. And they took care of the Bills 25-20. to 20, And this was my sleeper pick, which I got wrong again. But Josh Allen was a disappointment. I did get this one right. I mean, was he a disappointment? 27 for 40, 359, two touchdowns, a 102 rating. Uh, in the first half, that Bills offense was, was uh, crap. Uh, well, the Bills, I mean, the Bills defense was also crap. I mean, Travis Etienne hasn't ran for th- 136 yards probably since early last season. Um, I mean, the this Bills defense was kind of what let them down in a sense. I mean, the the one thing that I want to talk about is I don't think a team should ever play back-to-back games overseas again. I feel like that is way too much of an advantage. Um, uh, you, I am you can't ha- say that because Jacksonville will be in London in three years. Well, that's a different story if that happens. But um, I am happy to see that the Ravens are already over there and practicing. So hopefully they're getting uh, affiliated to that time difference. But one of the big things for me is what a blunder from this Bills team, considering they did not leave to go to London until Friday, I believe I read. So these guys did not really have a good amount of time to get adjusted. I mean, I get that. I'm not sure I would have left. What what would you want them to do? Leave on Sunday? Like immediately after the game, they just... I'm I'm assuming the Ravens left Monday. I'm assuming the Ravens left Monday because they were practicing over there on Wednesday. So you have a day to go over there. I mean, but listen, you you can't leave two days before. If you're leaving on Friday, you're basically landing Saturday. Unless they land it there Friday, then that's a little bit of a different story. But you're still talking about a time difference. I mean, when I go to Hawaii, for example, I'm completely out of shape. Like, as okay. far as time zone-wise, I mean, you're talking about, and now that's only a five-hour difference. About well, six, depending on the time of year. But you need to understand okay. that's five hours each, like, a different way. You go into Hawaii, no, I, you 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 gain five hours. You go to London, you lose five hours. So, I, yeah, I agree. No, but... I, I I agree. They should have gotten there earlier. I'm not sure how much earlier, but they should have gotten there earlier because the Bills were not ready to play in, no, I mean, in the first quarter. Really, most of the first the half. half. Yeah, you look at what they did the second half. Like they were a completely different team. Uh, yeah. The other thing too with this Bills team, uh, you, you can't have Josh Allen being your leading rusher for 14 yards. Yeah. Well, Josh Allen being your leading rusher is not the problem. The 14 yards is the problem. But you also have to run the football more than nine times as a team. Well, they ran it a total of 14 times, 14 carries. Oh, I didn't see James Cook with his five carries for negative four yards. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't have to add much from this one. Calvin Ridley looks like he's getting back in shape. I'm very interested to see how this Jacksonville team goes. I think this uh, AFC South can be a division that we could thoroughly enjoy watching down the stretch. Well, let's stay. Let's stay in the AFC South, where the Houston Texans went to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and in the Chinese takeout box, lost to the homestanding Atlanta Falcons, 21-19. Kai Kai Fairbairn, because I'm never going to get full first name right at all, had a pretty good day kicking the football, at least in the 
first half and change with field goals 38, 43, 28, and 42. And uh, Young Hoo Koo wound up kicking the game-winning field goal from 37 yards out with nuts on the clock. So there you have that. Uh, this game was eh, for a good chunk of it, and it got really good at the very end. But Yeah, uh, this was a uh, yeah, big disappointment for the Texans. Uh, this is a Texans team that I'm still going to stand on on top of a throne and yell and say I believe that they're good, and I think C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in this quarterback class. Desmond Ritter played very well in the second half of this game. Honestly, this team had three, three turnovers, two turnovers, three fumbles lost, and they were all on – None of them were on him. Uh, none of them at all. Uh, I talk a lot of shit about him, um, but he looks he looked very well in this game. He just needs to start playing better away. He's 0-2 away, and it's kind of shown. He can't play anywhere but home is what it looks like so far. Uh, I'm not going to talk much about this Texans game, this Texans team. Uh, I'm probably going to end up going off about them and how good I think they are a different day. So we can just kind of pass. If you want to touch on some key things, Dalton Schultz, uh, former Cowboys tight end looked great. Tank Dell is in concussion protocol. He's somebody that I've been screaming at from the top of uh, from the top of the mountain as well. So hopefully he clears and he gets back out there. Uh, did you speaking of um, CJ Stroud? Did you see? And I can't remember who the picture was of, but apparently Stroud was set to go number one to Carolina. And I forget who the coach was there, but said that hey, we're gonna have to find a uh, a court when you get to Carolina. And it wound up the uh, Carolina, I guess the owner forced them to take Bryce Young instead. I saw that meme. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, but, that is actually very interesting because Bryce, Bryce Young looks like the worst quarterback in this rookie class so far. How about that? But, yeah, I just thought I'd uh, I'd throw that out there, a little fuel to that, uh, that fire there. Um, there's nothing else I want to talk about this game for. It was blah, and it was meant to be blah. It was a 1 p.m. game where nobody really cared about it. Hold on. Oh, got a sneeze. Got to sneeze all that uh, bad stuff out about this game because I really didn't care for it. Uh, Let's go. Let's move on to another rookie quarterback or two. Uh, The Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans because the Titans have their own quarterback issues. Um, Derrick Henry might be getting a starting job here. What? uh, The kickers were active in this one. Like a lot. Nick Folk and Matt Gay were were very, very active. Very, very, very active. Um Gardner Minshew looks to be the starter in Indianapolis now because Anthony Richardson for the third game in a row left early because of an injury. Yeah, this was a shoulder too. Uh this boy folds this boy, you know, I hate talking bad you about it. Can't injuries. call him that. That's racist. Okay, well, I didn't mean it that way. This young man folds easier than a folding chair at this point in his career um, because it seems like he's just never going to be able to stay healthy. He's Tyrod Taylor with less durability. Did I say that right? I think I think that fits right, right? Like that's he's just he's and it's not so much that it's anything about him or his style of play. None of these injuries have really. I mean, I guess maybe the concussion a couple of weeks ago was on him, but 
I mean, a concussion. Uh, I mean, I don't know. He he got hit learning how to take too. a hit and learning how to slide. You know that that's Agreed. one thing. Uh, Josh Downs is, in my opinion, Josh Downs went six for uh, six for six for ninety seven, um, and he appears to be Gardner's Minshew's favorite target. And if you remember anything about Minshew, if you watch him play previously, he's more than he, just a mustache. When he zones in on somebody and he has a favorite receiver, he finds him open anytime he can. DeAndre Hopkins had himself a game. Were we writing him off too early in the season, like too like too much in the offseason? Because he is quietly having a very good season. I think there is something to be discussed about that. But it's Tennessee. This isn't a place exactly known where wide receivers go to thrive. Uh, how about Zach Moss? Yeah, very interesting. Uh, the coaches came out earlier in the week and said that this is going to be a 50-50 split. Um, and, well, it was not. Um, Zach Moss, 23 for 165 and two touchdowns. And Jonathan, two Taylor, Jonathan Taylor on the back of his uh, new contract, six carries, 18 yards. How much did uh, that new contract go for, by the way? I want to say it was like 42 over three. It was ridiculous, but he got paid, and that's what we all wanted. Um, there's not a lot to add to this one. These are two teams that are what they thought we were. They're they're going to be middle of the road teams in a division that's one of the worst in football. And it's going to be it, it, it is. I agree with you. It's one of the worst in football, but it's probably going to be one of the funnest to watch down the stretch, just because of how close the divisional race is going to be. Mediocrity breeds mediocrity breeds excellence. Uh, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> In Ford Field in front of 63,648 announced fans took home Can a we call 24 them? victory over the now 0-5 Carolina Panthers. Can we call them my Detroit Lions since I've been talking about them no. for, for two years? Yeah, I'm, no. I'm claiming them as my NFC team. No, you um, can't. You're not allowed. I just you all, you can only boy. have one team. You can that's only root for me. one team. That's never me. I never said it was you, but that's everybody else. Um, um, no, but we can call them Sam Laporta's Detroit Lions because that young man, if there is ever a case for a non-quarterback to win rookie of the year on the offensive side of the football, Sam Laporta is making the case for a non-rookie or, or I'm sorry, a non-quarterback or a non-running back to win this award because he's having himself a year. He caught two yeah. more touchdown passes. Uh, Jared Goff, can we call it a career resurgence? Was he ever really that bad in L.A.? I feel like he got um, a bad rap in L.A. I feel like he had, like, a bad last season, and I actually really feel like it – I mean, he he at one point was benched for John Wolford. Let's not forget that. I, I think I, – You know what? I, I think it, this is the, a career resurgence. We see this a lot. In, to say that. We see this a lot in baseball where a player gets a change of scenery and all of a sudden his career is a million times different. I mean, I'm be honest. You could look at Aaron Hicks this year, going from the Yankees to the Orioles. Just sure. as the example. Fine. I don't believe. I don't believe in that at all. I think maybe getting away from media and some of the fans, it, it takes some pressure off you. But the talent is always there. So it's not like he went to L.A. and found a whole heaping bag of potential that he never tapped into. Jared Goff is good, and he's always has been good. It's just I don't. Maybe it's the offense he didn't really thrive in with the genius out there in uh, in SoCal, but 
You know Duke's what else got- I honestly think it might be? Um, you got a guy like um, Dan Campbell, and he is a player's coach. So from what uh, what players talk about and like what you hear on shows, he's never really breaking any of his guys down. He's always building his guys up. So yeah, and can you imagine that like- little that little guy, that little blonde guy in in LA doing that? No, though? I'm gonna be com- I'm gonna be completely honest. I actually picture that being different. I I could see McVeigh looking at somebody and be like, "You fucking sucked today." I so he think he's got a Napoleon thing going on. I mean, to be fair, apparently he did trade uh, Cam Acres because he said he wanted to bang his wife. Nah, that was one hundred percent fake. That's the it's it's funny. It's It's head cannon for me. It happened. It happened. But it's funny. Um, we're overshadowing all of it. Bryce Young didn't have the greatest of days, but okay, Bryce Young had it. He threw for three touchdowns, but also threw for two interceptions. I mean, he had his his best day so far this season. With three intercept or with two interceptions, though. I mean, that's his best day so far. This I think that might be his highest rating of the season. But hey, we Andy Dalton got on the field, so that's a that's a good thing, right? He made him. He he got one positive rushing yard. He made himself into the box score. Um, Adam Thielen, eleven catches, one hundred and seven yards, and a score. Uh, this was another one that it was like, okay, yeah, the Lions are who we thought they were. You know, they're they're a good team. Golf had three touchdowns and one more on the ground. David Montgomery, nineteen for one hundred and nine, and a score. Um, Laporta, three three for forty seven, but two of them went into the end zone. Um, it's, it is, this was a game that went the way we thought it would. The Lions are a four and one team and the Panthers are an 0 and five team. And that's all that really needs to be said about this one. Yeah. The Lions are four and one with a two game lead in that division. And I think that's just going to continue to grow. But that's like, we're not exactly that, that this isn't a high bar to clear to be the leader of the NFC North. I mean, I'm pretty sure Ohio, you take most of the, NCAA top 25 schools, and they're going to be the leader of the NFC North at this point. I mean, we can go and look, but I'm pretty sure you had Minnesota winning double-digit games this season. I was wrong. I'm not afraid to admit it. I've been wrong a lot. The Miami Dolphins, 31. The New York Giants, 16 at Hard Rock Stadium in Southern Florida. What do you think about this one? Um. Dude, the Giants have so many issues that we have to talk about. Do you have that tweet I sent you earlier? I can pull it up. Are, are you mean about the injuries? Yeah, because they are um, they are plentiful and pitiful. They are without their almost their whole offensive line. Uh, I want to say two top receivers. Daniel Jones doesn't look like he can go, and they're talking about bringing back Saquon Barkley. Why? Why would you play Saquon Barkley against this Buffalo team that just got embarrassed in London? with an offensive line that is terrible. You sit him for another week, you take this loss, and truthfully, if I'm the Giants, I may sit Daniel Jones for another two or three games because with the way this division looks, you don't have a shot in hell. Philly's running away with it, and you by far are not a wild card team this year. So you, you tank for the Caleb and you trade that pick and get yourself an offensive line that can protect this kid uh, because he's just, clearly your future. Just to fill you in on what Dan was talking about, this came from Ari Miroff, and I apologize for getting that wrong, at my sports update. The Giants, who are playing this week on Sunday Night Football versus the Bills, will be without quarterback Daniel Jones' neck, tight end Darren Waller-Groin, 
Left tackle, Andrew Thomas Hamstring. Center, John Michael Schmitz with a shoulder. Wide receiver, Wandale Robinson with a knee. Outside linebacker, Aziz Ojulari with an ankle. And offensive tackle, Matt Pert. Or Peart? Pert? With a shoulder. Saquon Barkley, who has missed the last three games, will practice and is expected to do more than he has previously. Woof. Um, I would. This would have been my obvious survivor pick of the week, except I've already picked the Bills and they nailed <laughs> me. So Dan gets to uh, pick them. Just, so just to just to be clear, actually, I was very surprised by this. Um, almost 15% of survivor pools, players in survivor pools, had the Bills this past week. So you weren't alone on that. I just found that astounding because I was beating a drum when we recorded our preseason show. Um, about how I feel like that's a huge advantage for Jacksonville against the Bills. And I was, I mean, I said it all the way through. You can go back and look at my my pick'em that we did. I said Jacksonville was gonna win this game because I felt like it was a huge advantage and it really does feel like it was. Well, I think the I think that was a case of past behavior dictating future expectations because Jacksonville had been so bad for so long. Uh that's why. That's why a lot of people figured, well, they're just Jacksonville. They're going to lose to a far superior talented team like the Buffalo Bills. And it just it didn't happen. But let's get back to the game at hand, because there is a major injury that came from this game. That is true. Yes. With uh, Devon, a chain, a Kanye, a chain, a chain, whatever, whatever they however his name is pronounced, because it's been changed three or four times. Uh, out multiple weeks, he got put on the IR, I believe, yesterday or today. So he's done. And oh, he's done for at least uh, four or six games now. I do uh, believe uh, at least four. At least, yeah. four. I mean, well, four. I'm not sure if he got the long-term designation or not, which I believe is six. But e- either way, it's it's not good. So I mean, Miami has their own thing to settle there. I mean, to, but to be honest, I'm going to be honest, Miami backfield, they're kind of like the San Francisco backfield at this point because Jeff Wilson Jr. is actually going to be coming off the IR. And Raheem Moster has also had a very solid start to his season. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think they're going to be okay. Um, I mean, uh, let's be honest, there's not really much to talk about here. Miami got spanked against Buffalo the week before. They came back and did what we thought they would do. Uh, what they thought we would do. I said previously, I didn't think Miami was as bad as well, they. There is a, there. Miami did have a few eye popping stats here. Tyree kill eight for one eighty one and a score. A, a chain 11 for one fifty one and a score. He also did lose a fumble and Tua threw three touchdown passes, albeit one of them was to the giants, but still, um, yeah, it, Miami's a good offensive team and they're going to have to be, going forward because that defense so, speaking of that to a pick six because that came at the end of the uh, at the end of the first half um that cost a lot of people the dolphins first half spread uh which was a very popular pick which was a very popular pick well so i just thought that was interesting if you're betting the spread at halftime on a football game you may have a problem you know who else has I a problem know. dan you know who else has a problem? Bill Belichick. Because he just had his Patriots fall to one and four after a 34 to nothing spanking by the Saints 
in Foxborough. Now, normally when a saint gives a, uh, that there's a joke there that I'm not going to make, but you guys get where I'm going. Um, yeah, this, this was not good. Mac Jones got benched for the second time in as many weeks. Bailey Zappi went three for nine for 22 yards. So it seems New England's in the market for a quarterback. Wouldn't you agree? Um, yeah, Belichick also said he's sticking with there is no chance. There's no change of quarterback coming. So Mac Jones is starting this week, and it sounds like he's going to be starting for the foreseeable future. What if Bill Belichick just went to Robert Kraft and was like, hey, Robert. This Caleb kid out of USC is really good. I think we can have another Brady-like dynasty with him. We just have to go terrible this year. Could you see them trying to scheme something up like that? I'm not sure exactly where your Bill Belichick impersonation is supposed that's to just, be. Cause that that's sounded just, bad. That's just how I feel like he would talk. Through his nose like that? Yeah, he's. I feel like he's it, amazing. It, that was a terrible performance, and you should feel terrible about that. It's a good thing Sarah's a sleeper. She'd have divorced you. Um, Derek Carr wasn't great, but he didn't have to be great. 18 for 26 for 183 and two scores. They were ahead a lot, so they didn't need to pass a lot. Carr did what he needed to do. Alvin Kamara, 22 for 80 and a score on the ground. Three for 17 through the air, so he may be on his way back to where he needs to be. Kendra Miller, 12 for 37 and four for 53. So maybe he's Kamara Jr. Uh, Taysom Hill was a non-factor, but he didn't really need to be. The Saints kind of won this one going away, and it's this was a bad game for New England. I mean, it's it's stupid to say, but it was never really close. 156 total yards for the Patriots. Yeah, it's... Three turnovers. And this, this is a Saints team that committed 12 penalties for 86 yards and still won by five touchdowns. What what has me really interested in this is how bad this backfield is because Ramondre Stevenson was really good last year. And him and Zeke have both just looked like they run in mud all the time. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I mean, I, listen, I heard somebody say that, you know, and I kind of agree with it. Bill Belichick is a great head coach, but he is a terrible GM. And I think that may be where their issues lie. Hmm. He has drafted two pro, two pro bowl, two all pro or two pro bowlers. I forget it. I forget. Well, there's a big distinction there. Well, I believe it's two all pros. And since he's became the GM and it has been a punter and a punt returner. So maybe the issues in the front office, but I digress. I don't think we need to stay on this game anymore. We don't, because there's there's nothing really we need to talk. The Saints, this is an anomaly for, I want to say for both teams, but I think this may be more indicative of what New England is than what the Saints are. Um, Let's talk about a game that's going to get you fired up. Shall we? Do we have to? Oh, we have to. You made me talk about the Browns getting disgraced. And you're going to make me talk about the Browns getting disgraced next week, too, because that's going to happen. But more on that later. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens blew a 10-point lead. And it was bad. In fact, with 317 left in the third quarter, I'm sorry, 
uh, with 317 left in the second quarter, the Ravens were up 10 to nothing and had more first downs than the Steelers had yards. And yet they lost this game. You want to vet right here or how you want to do that? I mean, so there's really only one. I mean, Lamar knows how to fumble in the most opportune times, it feels this like. This is true. Yes, it is. He also threw a really bad interception. Um, yes, he did. This is what is very interesting. I sent this to you earlier. Um, through five leaks, uh, this is from Kevin. Uh, Kevin, sorry, I don't know. I can't, I'm not even attending to pronounce your last name. Uh, through five leaks, Lamar Jackson ranks fifth in completion percentage, 69.9%. However, all seven of his dropped passes were caught against the Steelers in week five. He ranked number one in completion percentage, 74.8, beating out the current leader, Bills, Josh Allen, 73.1. Now, pause. How many drops did you say he had? Seven. In Against the Steelers? Yeah. Uh, no. No. He had three. No. No. I can this tell, I can tell you. This is saying I can he tell had three. you five. Well, whatever you're looking at is wrong, because I can distinctly give you five. Okay. Absolutely not. That is, whatever you're looking at is wrong. Uh, Football reference, but all right. There's nothing saying that this is 100% accurate either. This is just what we use to go by the stats and what we've always used. But yeah, the 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 receivers have done nothing good for him. No, absolutely not. And I mean, we can go back to the indie game and talk about just in overtime how three balls hit receivers' hands and they were dropped. Um, I'm trying not to go off the rails too much. Um, no, go, go, go off the rails. First of all, George Pickens, you're an idiot for not sliding and icing that game with a field goal. You're lucky Lamar fumbled because if they go down and drive, you look like the biggest idiot on the field. Um, Matt Canada chance, even though they won this game and they are first in the first in the division, um, Matt Canada is still getting chance of fire Canada at Penguins games. Um, Kenny Pickett is a terrible quarterback. I don't care what this game stat says. He cannot move the ball. He can only throw. I mean, he really can only throw inside the numbers. The the catch from Pickens was really a busted route. Good, good for you. Like, okay, you got us with that one. It just came at the worst time possible. Um, and the Ravens wide receiver coach all week had our receivers catch rugby balls. Why? Stronger rugby hands. balls bigger? Yes, yes, but they they technically give you stronger hands. Like it helps make your hands stronger. Did that but work this weekend though? Do you want to know? Do you want to know how how the Ravens' receivers were dropping passes? Because their fucking hands were this wide apart. So maybe next week have them catch golf balls. Bro, I mean, it's just like, it's just like, like I mean, this team should, and I don't think you'll disagree with me. This team should be five and zero. They should not have lost Indianapolis, oh. and they should not have lost this game to the Steelers. The other thing is, too, is a lot of people are talking about Todd Monkton's play calling. I think he's calling great games as the offensive coordinator. It's poor execution on the field. He can't go out there and catch the ball. 
He can't stop Lamar from fumbling, and he can't stop Lamar from throwing a ball directly into a defender's hands. And also, like, John, why'd you not kick the field goal when you were down there? When he threw Yeah, that that's another one. Like, there were a few questionable calls this week. Why, you know, I mean, it's the... – we kind of like, raked Ron Rivera over the coals for not going for two when your name's Riverboat Ron. It's whatever. You know, that's fine. That's a smart play. But you have to get points there. Just you have to get points there. You like can't just, leave points left on the field. You just it's not quite as stupid as what Miami that Miami Georgia Tech game was, but golly <laughs> is it close. It's just like you can't you you can't you, we, we can't get out of our own way. I, I'm done talking about this game. If you have something to add, by all means, go ahead. I felt bad. Um, I really did. Like, I'm sitting there because I know the pain it is to lose to a subpar Steelers team. When I mean, you got the Steelers I mean, I'm absolutely. I'm not trying to rub the wound in this off, but you guys did two weeks ago. Like, it's like that's what I'm saying. I know the pain. Like, the Steelers are three and two, and absolutely should be zero and five. They, That's what I was, I was way, actually getting ready to look you at. You look mean, at what they – like because they, they lost San Francisco 30-7, to and they deserve to. They should not have beaten the Browns because if Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't take out Nick Chubb's knee, that game is over. Um, They beat the Raiders, but it's beating the Raiders, and it was 23. Right. I mean, this – So this maybe they deserve easily. to be 1-4. and four. But uh, they, I mean, they absolutely like, should not have won – two of those games and just not even close. This is by far the worst team in the division and they're in first place. It's it's what I was talking about as far as the Miami, Georgia tech game, Um, Miami had the football. They were up by, I believe six or three. They were up by three inside of 40 seconds left. It was, I think second or third down. All they had to do was kneel the football. And instead they hand the football off the running back fumbles. Georgia tech recovers then throws a game-winning touchdown to end the game. Miami, it was Miami's first loss of the year. That was it. All they had to do was take um, a knee, and it was, it was what they call it? The it, Miracle at the Meadowlands? When Herm Edwards did something like that and recovered uh, the bubble and took it back for a touchdown? It's the same thing, and that's what happened. But, yeah. It, you want to know what the coach said in this post-game press conference. This is the second time this has happened to this coach. This has happened to a different school, too. This cost me an 11-leg parlay. This was I the last was leg of an 11-leg parlay. This is the second time. In, in his post-game press conference, he said nothing about his play calling. He said, we always talk about two hands on the ball. Yeah. Um, that what coach, mean, by like, the way, is Mario Cristobal. Like, I like I don't get it. I don't get how you do that. First of first of all, if you're the coach, why are you calling that play? Second of all, if you're the quarterback and you look at the clock, you're like, what are we doing now, here? Now, to be fair, after that press conference, he has come out and said, I made the wrong call. This is on me. But yes, in the original um on Monday he did own up to it. But in the post game press conference, I don't think it dawned on him. I don't think it dawned on him what was going, what was what was going on there. Like, but he, now also to be fair, th- this guy is known for never taking a knee. He was one of the coaches a few years ago during the whole craze of I'm never going to punt the football. So there's that. Speaking this guy's of an idiot, how is he a head coach? Because he recruits very well. Uh, let's move. Let's move along. Let's talk about a team that knows 
everything about punting because they're probably punting on the season, given the fact that Kyler Murray is not playing. And I feel bad about it because I feel bad for Josh Dobbs, who does not deserve what he is getting in Arizona. The Cincinnati Bengals get back to their winning ways, improving to two and three with a 34 to 20 victory over the Cardinals at State Farm Stadium in beautiful Arizona, Tempe, I believe. Um, yeah. What you got on this one, buddy? Um, a week ago, Jamar Chase said, I'm always fucking open. And well, this week he proved that because he caught 15 balls for 192 yards. Is um, that a case of get, getting force fed the football? I mean, I'd say so. He had 19 targets out of Burrow's 46 pass attempts. Um, listen, yeah, I still don't trust this Cincinnati team. They Burrow still does not look right. Um, as a Burrow owner in fantasy, I'm very scared. This is a real test for them coming up against the Seahawks this week. Uh, Seahawks are coming off a bye. So let's see what happens here. Um, I'm going to let you kind of talk a little bit more about this game. Josh Dobbs looks like he may have came back down to earth uh, just based off what he did the, the previous four weeks. Um, he didn't have any time, man. He was under pressure all the time in this game. I mean, he fumbled once. and out of this game, too. He he fumbled once and they lost it and did throw two interceptions, but I'm not sure I'm not sure what's appealing about this Arizona team outside of James Conner and now that's the thing. But even then, James Conner, yeah. you take out his 35 yard rush and he was only five for 11, but he's done for God knows how long. As I believe yeah. he hit the IR, didn't he? Yes, yes, four game hour. I mean, dude, this is this is a week of injuries. I mean, two big injuries, and we still haven't talked about the biggest injury this week. The so, waiver well, well, yeah, we'll get there. The waiver wire is uh, gonna be busy this week, unless you screw it up like I did and pick up a chain right before he gets put on the IR. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, let's move along. Um, this was a get right game for for Jamar Chase, and the way Jamar Chase goes is the way. The Bengals are going to go. Um, we're eventually going to have to talk about the game, the hockey game I'm watching here, because this is uh, just the Kings just scored with about a tenth of a second left on the clock in the second period. I got the I got the same game on. Yeah. It's 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 nuts. But anyway, um, I'm not sure what what even to talk about this one. This, this is a game that went the, pretty much the way we thought it was going to go. Well, you thought it was going to go. I picked Arizona, and I was very, very wrong. I mean, I think he had a right to pick Arizona from the. From no, like, I didn't. I, I, I must have been high yeah. when we did this. In fact, I'm going to file this this week under protest. Clearly, um, I was under um, some mind I'll, influencing drugs. I'll let the committee know. Uh, they'll probably get back to you. Never. Um, yeah, and it, it'll just stand. What committee? So it's, exactly. it's like the NFL rules committee or, or, you know, the people in New York getting the same replay as we do. Anyway, uh, let's move along. The Philadelphia Eagles, 23, the Los Angeles assholes, 14. Uh, the Eagles are five and zero. This one was a little bit closer than what a lot of people thought it was going to be. I mean, not really. I don't think so. I think this Rams team is, this Rams team is gonna gonna be in wild card contention. Next year they get some draft picks back. They're gonna get some cap room back, and they're <laughs> gonna take. They're gonna make one more run at this. It's uh, bold of Cooper, you to assume that the Rams are gonna keep any of those draft picks. Well, f- I mean, f- fair enough there actually. Um, 
this Eagles team has a real test coming up this week, in my opinion. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what this Rams team is going to do. I'm hoping the Rams absolutely destroy this week coming up. Um, because they play our, uh, wait, what am I looking at? Sorry. I don't know anyway, what you're looking at, talking. but, um, one of the other things that stuck out about this week were two big horse collar tackles. One of them really hurt a team and one of them may have saved the game for another. Absolutely. And the first one came on the last drive of the first half. The Eagles had the football at their ran or at their own 25 yard line after a touchback. And then with 17 seconds left on a third and one, Jalen Hurts found AJ Brown for 38 yards, which was capped off by a, Darion Kendrick horse collar tackle at the 28, half the distance the goal moved into the 14. So, and then Kendrick was guilty of pass interference on the very next play, which puts ball at the one. So he basically gave the Eagles 27 free yards with no time coming off the clock. And then Jalen Hurts ended the half with a one yard touchdown run, which gave the Eagles a lead they wouldn't relinquish. The other horse collar tackle we'll get to later on in the show, but is this a case of the Eagles escaping with something, or is this a case of the Rams giving it away? Because these, this was a tale of two halves. These teams looked good in the first half and looked bad in the second half. I'm going to say it's both, and that may be a cop-out, but I feel like that's the truth. I feel like the Rams sort of gave this away, and the Eagles just kind of escaped from a team that they should have escaped from. I mean, this line was sitting at three and a half for Philly, and uh, I think that that was the right line as well from Vegas because this Rams team does look good. Like you said, it was just a tale of two halves. In the second half, they just couldn't put anything together. They couldn't get a real drive going. Um, Once again, some questionable calls. Um, But, I mean, you look at this this Rams team is going to be fun to watch with Cooper and Puka. Matt Stafford got sacked twice by Hassan Reddick with inside of three and a half minutes to play to end a drive. That, that's huge. That, yeah, was, that was a this, huge defensive play, especially with the Rams driving on their own 43-yard line, and then you get back-to-back sacks, which you cannot allow to happen. But it is what This it is. Rams defensive front is uh, not something I think any quarterback wants to face, to be completely honest. It's the NFL. No quarterback wants to face a defensive front anymore. And if the NFL has their way, they won't be. We are we are five years away from flag football, and that's what we're getting. That's what we're getting primed for. Speaking of flag football, the New York Football Jets, thirty-one. The Denver Broncos, twenty-one. I say flag football because I dislike both of these teams and think they're a bunch. Well, never mind. Um, how about uh, this? Was very much a revenge game, was it not? Um, uh, I think you could say that. Yeah, it was very much a revenge game. Greg Zerlon hit three consecutive field goals, 27, 22, and 49, along with a 30-yarder and a 26-yarder. And he was perfect on uh, the two extra points that he had after Brees Hall had a 72-yard rush. And a 30... How did Brees Hall have a 39-yard fumble return? Uh, who else? Oh, that's Bryce Hall. Excuse me. So Brees Hall had a 72-yard rush, and Bryce Hall had a 39-yard fumble return to seal the game late in the game. 
Uh, yeah. Are the Jets this good? And is Russell Wilson this bad? I I don't know, man. I mean, you look at Russell Wilson's stats over the season. He hasn't played bad. I, I think this Denver defense is a lot worse than a lot of people thought. And it's starting to get exposed. Rounding um, in the end zone, though, that's pretty unforgivable. I mean, it's very true there. Um, I guess the other thing kind of... Is this Jets team this good? I mean, I think this Jets team no, played a no. team of their caliber without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they – dude, I, I'm looking at their schedule moving forward. They they most likely lose this week, but I could see them popping off three in a row after that, and then they play the Bills again. Well, so, Zach Wilson looks like a once. hell of a lot better quarterback when Brees Hall runs for 177 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, oh, 100%. I, I agree with that. Um, the other thing that you take into consideration uh, with Zach Wilson, it, there was a clip that I saw going around of him. He takes a – he seemed to have matured a lot. And so maturing can help your teammates have more confidence in you. And if your teammates have more confidence in you, you have more confidence in yourself. Do you so, think he's maturing because he's getting all those juice packs or juice boxes and snack packs from the MILFs he – he gets he sees in the morning. No, probably not. Because that is, that is the great thing about dating a mom. They always have the good snacks. No, I mean, yes. Moving on. The Kansas City Chiefs, 27. The Minnesota Vikings, 20. Is this a case of another team escaping with their lives? And maybe the referees helping a face of a NFL, you know, winning game. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm just going to cut right to the chase. Justin Jefferson goes to IR. Uh, That's bad. It, it is also rumored that Minnesota is now accepting calls on Kirk Cousins. That's so we big. may see a starting quarterback get moved at some point in this, uh, some point here. That's just what I've seen on Twitter. Um, obviously, take that with a grain of salt because anybody can have a blue check mark. I have one now. Um, the other side of the ball, Travis Kelsey went down, got injured, and is now questionable to play. Even though, he but he did back come back and catch game. a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Even though he came back into the game, I don't know what to make of either of these teams. To be completely honest, I mean, I'm going to write Minnesota off, but I don't know what to make of the Chiefs because this is two weeks in a row. These are teams that I feel like they should have. They're playing well, down to competition. That's a good way to put it. They're 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 too talented. I mean, but when you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire get three touches of the football for four yards. Jarek McKinnon rushes the football one time and gets targeted three times. Like, I mean, but Pacheco's your, your number one back in that backfield now. Okay, but still 16 for 55? You got to do better than that. Oh, Patrick I agree. Holmes, no rushing yards. When was the last time you saw that? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, that's a fair point. The, the, yeah, there's, there's something there's off about these talk Chiefs. About. I mean, there's nothing to talk about from the Minnesota side of the ball, really. I mean, Jordan Addison, six for 64 and a touchdown. There, there's just there's nothing here. Um, let's move along. George Kittle, welcome back to the NFL. Because uh, you had yourself a, a, a big day. It seems like on any given game, one of the many, many pieces of talent that San Francisco has is going to go for three touchdowns. This time it was George Kittle on a 42-10 to 10 spanking of the cowboys can we say spanking uh, this this oh. qualifies as a, as a as a spanking right like this is ba- this was bad this was satisfying to watch after the day i had 
The Niners improved to 5-0. and The Cowboys fall to 3-2. and George Kittle had touchdown receptions of 19 yards and 38 yards in the uh, for the first two scores of the game. And then again in the third quarter from 10 yards, all from Brock Purdy, who had four touchdowns. Um, Christian McCaffrey, he scored, as per the usual. Kyle Juszczyk scored, which I guess is unusual, but it shouldn't be because he is that damn good. Um, I miss the juice in Baltimore. I mean, we have a great fullback now, but this, this, the Niners, Sam Darnold threw a pass. Yeah, we Sam had a Darnold Sam Darnold threw a pass. Like that's how scary that Cooper Rush was two for two. That's how I mean, out of that's how out of reach this game was. Tony yeah, Pollard I mean, had Dak, a terrible day. Uh, Dak throwing oh. three picks and. Tack throwing three picks just kind of tops, top, taps it off. So uh, what, what's your take on this Brock Purdy? Is he elite? Is he in his way to being elite? It, it's too soon to tell. It's way too soon to tell. He's um, putting up stat of... numbers like he is. I mean, he's undefeated when he's, got a, when he's not injured in his uh, life. He's undefeated in the regular season, and this is – no, he's undefeated when he isn't injured. Because the fair, only thing he lost was when he tore up his shoulder. Um, he is putting up numbers that are similar, that are actually way better than what Brady did in this first 10 games. They're better than what Brady did. They're better than what Montana did. They're better than um, what... Young everybody did. loves to say it's a, it's a system quarterback, but I don't know if I necessarily believe that because Purdy is smart. You have to make the right decisions. Well, to be fair, Kyle Shanahan had Johnny Manziel looking like a good quarterback in Cleveland. Yeah. Maybe Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the NFL. That He's the best coach of his era. I don't know. I mean, it's just hard to argue Andy Reid. It, well, now we're now we're in a case of does the coach make the quarterback or does the quarterback make the coach? Bill Belichick. I mean, in his case, I would argue it the opposite way. But in Andy Reid's case, eh, <laughs> anyway, this is a conversation we're going to have to have on a different show. Uh, last yeah. game of the night, the Las Vegas Raiders seventeen, Green Bay Packers. 13 and this game was bad and sad and made me a little mad jacoby myers had the biggest play i guess a nine yard pass to jimmy garoppolo and actually no no that wasn't the biggest play because the biggest play came on a christian watson bomb and it's sad that it didn't go further um for those of you that may not have seen what I'm talking about and I have to find the actual drive itself. And of course, now that I'm looking, I can't find it. Um, this was the horse collar, right? Yes. Do you remember when it was in a game late? That's all I remember. Cause the, the drive ended in a field goal, right? I believe so. Yes. So, okay. Yep. 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 It was, uh, First and 10 from the Green Bay 17. Jordan Love passed deep to Christian Watson for six yards for 77. Penalty on Marcus Peters. Horse collar tackle, three yards and four at the Vegas six. Uh, first and goal, uh, A.J. Dillon, minus two yards. 
Uh, second and goal, A.J. Dillon up the middle for one. Third and goal, Jordan Love incomplete short of Romeo Dobbs. Fourth and goal, uh, field goal. So it's bad. Like, that's... And then Jordan Love... Three interceptions. Is he the answer? He's not the answer, right? He's not it. He's not it. Too soon to tell. I'm you gonna think give him though? the benefit of the I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt simply because he did have he's he looks like a rookie quarterback, regardless of the fact that he sat behind Rodgers and he's been in the league for what three years now. This is essentially his rookie season, and he looks like a rookie quarterback. He's had good games and he's had bad games. Well, either way, if that horse collar tackle isn't made and Watson goes into the end zone, this is a completely different ball game. No, absolutely. You know, this is instead of it being 10-10 or 13-10, to 10, it's 17-10 to 10 Packers. And maybe it doesn't change the next drive that the Raiders um, actually score their touchdown on to make it 17-13. But maybe it does. You know, it's it's hard to say. It's a smart play by uh, by Marcus Peters to drag him down because – for one, you're that deep in the territory, you saved a touchdown. And for two, it ain't, you're not giving up 15 yards, you're giving up three, and it's already going to be first down anyway. If that's something that happens moving forward, the NFL has to change the penalty for that, right? To what? Because, it's already 15 yards. I mean, you can change it to... Is it, it an automatic ejection? That's what I was going to say, an, an ejection. I mean, then you that's a slippery slope, my friend. And then we are on our way to fan it, or we're on our way to flag football. Edmonton, I, I have to bring this up. I know this is a football show, but Edmonton is down seven to one against possibly one of the worst teams in the league in Vancouver. Um, hey, don't this is the Vancouver. story. This is the story of bad goalies. Yeah, I think that's going to be a thing this season. We're running short on time, so we're going to actually skip. My favorite segment. We're going to go straight to our picks this week. Denver at Kansas City on Thursday night. We both pick Kansas City, and this game is going to be over by halftime. Baltimore at Tennessee. We both got Baltimore. Miami is my sleeper pick, or I'm sorry, my survivor pick, which means you can almost guarantee to put your money on Carolina to get their first win. However, Dan and I have both pick Miami. Houston is going to host New Orleans. You have Houston. I have New Orleans. Nobody's going to care about this game. Washington is at Atlanta. I have the Commanders. You have the Falcons. Why? I, if this game was in Washington, I'd be taking Washington. But because mm. it's home, Ritter plays so much better at home. His home road splits are like Jared Goff's. It's insane. Jacksonville hosts Indianapolis. We both have the Jaguars to continue winning. Cincinnati goes is going to host Seattle. I have the Bengals. Because Jamar Chase is going to have 25 receptions this week. My, uh, Tyreek Woolen is a, is a real thing. Tyreek Woolen is a real thing. Minnesota is going to Chicago. I had Minnesota. I no longer have Minnesota. That's going to be Chicago. Wow. Because, and I hate picking the Bears, and I really don't want to pick change this game. But no Justin Jefferson. That makes a difference. San Francisco is at Cleveland. As much as I love my brownies, the the Niners are going to have this one wrapped up. By the I second sat quarter. on this game when I put them in, and I almost. Who, who is going to be the 49er with the three touchdowns this week? 
Ayuk? Debo. Debo. I think it's going to be Ayuk. You guys, what, do you guys play a lot of zone? Uh, defense doesn't matter. <laughs> well, guard it, him for five it does, seconds. It does for what receiver. It does guard for what him for five seconds and let Miles Garrett be Miles Garrett. Uh, New England is going to Vegas. Why we both have Vegas is beyond me. Oh, wait. Mac Jones sucks. Detroit is going to Tampa Bay. We both have Detroit. And this could be the game that they... No, we don't. I'm picking Tampa Bay. I'm picking Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield, I, I love you, buddy. The Rams are going to host the Arizona Cardinals in a game in which I hope both teams get just no zero zero tie. I want 43 and outs. I hate both of these teams with a fiery passion that consumes the depths of my soul. The Philadelphia Eagles will beat the New York Jets by halftime. The New York Giants are going to Buffalo. This is Dan's survivor pick in Buffalo because the Giants are going to be playing basically Hofstra's starting lineup. The Dallas Cowboys are going to the Los Angeles Chargers. This is another time where a city is hosting two games in two nights in the same stadium. I have Dallas. You have the Chargers. Green Bay and Pittsburgh are on a bye. So far this Year Dan is 42 and 24 with the survivor bonuses. I am 36 and 30. I sit six games behind Dan. I am right now two and three in my survivor picks. Dan is still a perfect five and oh. You got anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? I do not. Let's wrap this puppy up. All right. What you can expect from us going forward, you're going to get a bi weekly hockey show every two weeks. We're going to bring you. All the hockey coverage that is hockey coverage around the Hockey League. That is the NHL. You're also going to get our World Series preview when and if we find out the teams. Because the ALCS is now set. It'll be done all in Texas. We're waiting on the NL stuff, but that could be decided here shortly as well. Dan, if you got nothing else to add? Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players who are named later. Wait, 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 wait. Happy birthday. It's better. You. See ya. Happy